0: Hello and welcome to The Weekend Wrap for The Week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and thanks for joining me once again on this Sunday afternoon. Well, it's been another big week since we last spoke on Wednesday with a state election in Tasmania, uh, Australians being banned from re-entering the country, uh, some apparently so-called big spending announcements flagged for the budget next week, but also May Day on the 1st of May, that was just yesterday. So let's kick off with Australians being banned from returning from India. Of course, as we discussed on Wednesday, India is in the grips of one of the worst waves of COVID the world has ever seen. This means that there are roughly between eight and 9,000 Australians currently trapped in India and unable to return. The Commonwealth Government, the Morrison Government, announced just after midnight on May the 1st, that's May Day, when the workers of the world are supposed to unite, that citizens of Australia would not be allowed to return to their own country under threat of prison. Five years imprisonment and or a $66,000 fine for Australians who return from India. Now, this of course has been greeted with shock, anger, disbelief, potential legal challenges, The various states and territories saying this was entirely unnecessary if the Commonwealth government had actually set up the quarantine facilities that the states and territories have been calling for for over a year now. In fact, one of the MPs, Labour MPs from the Northern Territory, Luke Gosling, has said that Darwin has a 1500 person facility ready to go. All it needs is for the Commonwealth really to activate it and make it work. That would have those Australians home in a relatively short period of time. But of course, the Morrison government would rather lock those Australians out of the country and threaten them with prison if they were to return. This, of course, has raised all sorts of questions around racism, around discrimination based on skin colour, around the true value of even being a citizen, and of course, the historical march that the Liberal Party has been on around stripping rights away from people, starting of course with people who were stateless or refugees, moving through migrants to this country, into the children of migrants, and now of course, Australian citizens themselves being stripped of their rights. This is a terrifying trajectory when considered in that frame. Of course, I think Australians should be able to come home. I think there's no question in my mind that if you're an Australian citizen, the government has a responsibility to help you be safe. And of course, Scott Morrison promised, he went on national television and promised the nation that every Australian who wanted to come home would be home by Christmas. This was at the end of 2020. It's safe to assume that he meant Christmas 2020. However, maybe he meant Christmas 2021, but even then, you wouldn't think that we're on course to have that actually happen this of course comes at the same time as australia is millions of doses of vaccine behind in fact only about two and a half percent of people in new south wales have been vaccinated at this point we are so far behind there is no chance of ever meeting those october targets that were set for vaccination of all australians who wanted a vaccine so folks This is gonna continue to be an issue. There are gonna continue to be outbreaks around the world. And of course, if we're not careful, we'll have outbreaks here as well. That's why we need Commonwealth quarantine facilities. Hotels are not set up to be medical facilities. They are set up for holidays. They are set up for overnight stays. They are set up to be for travelers, people who are actually generally looking to mix and mingle. We need dedicated quarantine facilities as the states and territories have been crying out for. Now, let's move on because there's a few other things that have occurred as well. Obviously, yesterday was the Tasmanian election and despite a very good effort by Labor and the Greens to knock off the Gutwein government, uh, the Liberals look as though they will be uh, back in power with at least 12, possibly 13 seats. Frankly, it looks as though the overall numbers in the Tasmanian Parliament will not change. This was an election called a year early because the Liberals wanted a larger mandate to govern and that looks like they've been returned with almost the same result. And in fact, a slightly lower primary vote. In my view, this is an absolute slap in the face to the Liberals down in Tasmania and really should be a wake up call to anyone who believes that incumbency is the all powerful uh, position given we're coming out of the pandemic. There's no question that in Queensland, the Northern Territory, ACT and WA, incumbency helped those governments, but they were good governments doing lots of good things, not just focused on COVID. It would seem as though the people of Tasmania have picked a number of independents to support, uh, and that has eroded the vote, uh, particularly of Labor, but also of the Liberal Party. So we'll see what happens over the course of the next four years. Peter Gutwin has four years now as Premier of Tasmania once again, uh, and he, really his campaign—I uh, couldn't even tell you what he was really campaigning on. Frankly, uh, it was very much a "just put me back in charge and things will carry on as they as they were." So let's see what happens down there in Tasmania over the next four years. Of course, the federal budget is coming out this week, coming, so you'll see us talk about that on the week on Wednesday, and of course. As is always the case, the government has been steadily dripping out uh, leaks and things that it thinks will be positive. It's already announced billions of dollars to go into the aged care sector. Uh, It hasn't put any, any of the recommendations around minimum staffing levels, around ratios, uh, around uh, employee, that is worker uh, wages and training. None of that seems to be in that announcement. It seems to be just more money for the sector, which we know generally is skimming money off the top. Anyone who's seen the meals that get served in some of these facilities knows that there needs to be greater regulation, not just greater funding, although, of course, the funding will be welcomed. Uh, But this week, since Wednesday, we've also seen an announcement uh, where the Morrison government seems to be trying to cherry-pick elements of a Labor Party policy when it comes to childcare. Labor, of course, said it would uh, lift the childcare subsidy to 90% and remove the $10,000 cap for all families sending their children to childcare. Morrison is saying that they will do that a version of that for families with two or more children. So if you're a single-child family, you won't be Uh, a beneficiary of this new policy that Morrison intends to put in the budget, which is to lift the subsidy to 95% for families with two or more children. Um, This will benefit around uh, a quarter of a million uh, Australian families. But of course, we know that many hundreds of thousands of families will miss out, uh, as multiple child families are increasingly rare. Uh, One can only think that Morrison has in his mind that maybe this will encourage some people to have more children. Uh, Certainly that would align with some of the beliefs he's recently uh, been exposed as espousing in private uh, discussions with members of his congregation. But the budget, of course, also generally has unemployment targets in it. For a long time, the Morrison government and the Liberals have been talking about unemployment targets with a five in front of them. They've really set their stall out on capping uh, the number of people in work, really almost leaving almost a million people unemployed or underemployed as part of their economic policy. This week, we've seen them abandon that and start to talk about unemployment with a four in front of it as their target now personally I think it's a good thing we need to lower unemployment but we should also remember that full employment right up until the late 1970s had a two in front of it it was a two percent level target now lots of people have been saying we need to do more to create more jobs we need to give people more hours we need to create an opportunity for people to do more work who want to do more work Now the Morrison government realises the political cost of having 2 million Australians, unemployed and underemployed, is far too great for them to continue with. So they are starting to back away from the old debt and deficit rhetoric and talk about stimulating the economy. It's a bit like trying to get a pig to fly a trapeze. You know, you can probably strap the thing on and push it out there, and it might even have a moment of grace, but it's not likely to be something that's as successful as, say, Cirque du Soleil. And I think, frankly, we're going to see a bit of that over the coming 12 months, as the Morrison government tries to adopt Labor's policy on childcare, the labor movement's position around full employment. It's not really a good fit. I don't think they'll achieve it. I don't think they're really committed to doing the sorts of programs and directing the funds in the way they need to be directed. They're much more interested in directing funds to, to mates, to overpaying for blocks of land, to subsidizing things like Qantas and its bonuses, like Jerry Harvey and his dividends. This is not a government that really seems focused on the job outcomes as much as on the financial outcomes for people it wants to support. So we'll see what happens in this budget uh, coming uh, this week. Now, one of the other things that's happened is that the March accounts look as though there'll be a surplus because the iron ore price has gone so high and Brazil's capacity to produce iron ore has dropped so low due to COVID that the government has had this extra revenue. And interestingly, the amount of extra revenue is very, very close to the total additional uh, expenditure for the childcare package. So, fundamentally, the Morrison government is really just spending on childcare the extra money it's found down the back of the couch. Will it, as we've just discussed, have the gumption to keep investing and spending into the things that the australian economy and australian people need to create those jobs or will it only be splashing cash when it happens to get a few extra dollars from the sale of iron ore this will be a big question as we go forward and i'm sure when the budget is announced we'll start to see what their real intentions are i mentioned it briefly just before and i'll finish on this note May Day was on saturday the first of may And one of the things that really struck my core was that announcement about locking up Australians coming home from India, uh, coming out just after midnight, which was just at the start of May Day. May Day is an international day of solidarity. It's a day where the working people of the world celebrate their achievements the eight hour day, sick leave, annual leave, workers' compensation if you're injured at work, all of the things, superannuation, retirement, pensions all of the things that working people over the last 200 years have achieved by standing together. And it's an international day because many of those achievements in one country inspire and provide a framework for workers in other countries. So to see any government turn on its own citizens at the same time as turning on citizens of other countries on that particular day, I feel is a heartbreaking moment. It was heartwarming to see so many Australians out celebrating the day, expressing their solidarity with each other, reminding us that there are still so many, so many battles for working people still to fight and win. And of course, the Community Development Programme, the CDP Programme, which essentially locks mostly Indigenous communities and Indigenous people into a form of indentured servitude, government mandated indentured servitude is one of those key issues that working people still need to win, particularly in this country. So, happy May Day to everyone for the 1st of May, that was yesterday. And let's keep an eye on this Morrison Government budget. Undoubtedly, they're moving towards an election footing. Whether it'll happen this year or early in 2022 remains to be seen. But what we can start to see already is that they are trying on a few Labor policies, a few things that they think will knock the harsh edges off the sorts of announcements that happened on early Saturday morning where up to 9,000 Australians face five years in prison just for trying to come home. So once again, there's never been a more important time to be kind to yourself and to each other. We'll talk again on Wednesday. Bye.